I don't know why I'm nervous all of a sudden. Um, (laughs) Because now you know we got followers, girl. (laughs) um, All right. Welcome back, loves, to A Thousand True Crimes. This is Chelsea, and I'm here with the beautiful Joe. How's it going, girl? Oh, thank you. I'm good. Good, good. Hang in there. How's um, NC treating you? Is, is it cold? It is. It's just like kind of cold and miserable. Because and didn't you not guys like have nice like a polar vortex come through or something like that? I think so with like the snow. Well, we thought we were going to get more snow and then we didn't end up getting snow. But it's it was cold for a while. They're like going outside is 29 degrees, Ugh. which I know compared to a lot of states, everyone's going to be like 29 degrees. That's fine. Like, no, <laughs> I that's know, not but here fine. in North Carolina, we are not used to that. kind of. <laughs> it's been actually like the wind has been chilly here. Ooh. And so, I mean, it's like high of 80, but it's still like a little chilly. And in the mornings, like, uh, and at night, I'll be walking with uh, Lays and Baby, and it's like, I'm like, oh, it's kind of cold. And I'm like, I am going to die when we get to <laughs> the mainland. Like, I'm literally going to die. I'm not going to survive. You'll be all right. You really will. I told you, just you got to survive that first winter. Invest in uh, warm gear. I have and stuff back in Virginia at my in-laws. Yep. I just have to yep. get it and see see if my fat ass can fit into them. Oh, my gosh. Since I've enough. gained, like, a posi- – I put on this dress because I went to go get lunch with a friend today. And uh, this is, like, the dress I'm wearing is usually, like, what I wear when I'm, like, oh, I don't feel too – like, like mm-hmm. I feel bloated mm-hmm. or whatnot. So I put it on. And yeah. It's usually, yeah. like, super comfortable. And, like, the sleeves are tight. And I'm, like – okay this is my fat dress so when your fat dress starts getting tight then you know it is time to get serious about losing a little bit of weight here and there I blame your husband it's his fault I just like I don't know I just think with like the move and everything I've I've kind of gotten to the mindset I'm like well I leave island in like five weeks and then I'm gonna be at my parents house for like a month and a half and then we're going to be traveling cross country and then we're going to be like I'm just like to the point where I'm like why even bother worrying about exercising and losing weight when precisely everything's, when everything's going to be up in the air for the next like six months of my life listen and didn't we talk about this you really shouldn't make any solid efforts until after baby number two I know right because I'm going to be real pissed if I got a bang in the body and then I get knocked up again exactly I'm like, going to be like pop them babies out you. and then Ugh. get yeah so, but anyways, that's just me complaining because I'm in like a complaining mood right now. So, that's fine. but anyway, you're in good company, girl. I know. What are you drinking? I'm trying these. Um, it's a it's the Bud Light seltzer because mm. um, I had them. I didn't really like them. So, I tried one. I was just trying to branch out, and these were on sale, and so I was like, "Hey, try them." And the first one I had was not good. But I'm trying the peach, and I'm hoping, like, it's kind of hard for me with peach, like, that flavor to go wrong. So I'm hoping that it's not going to be as bad. But I do agree. The one that I had last night was not great. No, it's not my favorite. Um, Have you heard of the hard seltzers Vizzy, V-I-Z-Z-Y? No. Oh, see if you guys have them because, like, they make them with antioxidants in it. 
too. Ooh. So then you kind of feel like you're somewhat healthy drinking. And they're pretty good. What do you call it? Zizzy? Vizzy. V-I. Vizzy. Yeah, V-I-Z-Z-Y. All right. So. I'm going to try it. I'll see if I can find it at the store. Okay. Let me know. Press still has my heart, but I I do enjoy uh, branching out. Oh, I know. You and your freaking. My hipster seltzers. seltzers. (laughs) I forgot the word. I don't even know if that's cool anymore, hipster. That's even a we're cool so word. we're so beyond cool with our side parts and our skinny jeans, Charles. It doesn't even matter. It's all right. I was rocking. I've been rocking the middle part for like twenty years now. So like her whole life, yeah, my whole life. My hair never, because it just never fell that. I don't know. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> moving on. We don't need to be talking about so, my hair. What are you drinking today? Uh some Pinot Gris. Delish. Just keeping it simple, you know? Mm-hmm. But all right. So are you ready for today's crime? <sighs> I am so ready for this crime. This is- I know who we're doing this week. And, yes. Um, I like it's difficult. It gets hard to say when you're in true crime, like, I love this case. Like nobody loves any of the cases, but I am very familiar with this case. And these people are the epitome of human garbage and should all rot in hell. Um, so I am excited to get into this one. Okay. So we are doing the very infamous Ken and Barbie murders today. Ooh. Which is a bullshit name. They shouldn't be called Ken and Barbie. It should be like shit and poop murders. They I don't shouldn't. Know. And when I saw some pictures of him, like people were like, oh, he's handsome. I was like, he looks creepy. Like his eyes are too blue. Yes. Thank you. They're, thank you. He looks creepy. Blue. And I'm like. Yes. We'll post pictures um, yeah. when we like launch the podcast. We'll post pictures. You guys yeah. can see. Just go to our Instagram or our Facebook. Um, he looks creepy. And like I want to hear somebody tell me that he doesn't. I can't. And then I also want to apologize because my neighbors have decided to let their dog out again and the dog wants to go inside. So it's going to be barking. And then also they're doing like flyover, a ton of flyovers today. So you're probably going to hear some Uh, military jets and helicopters and whatever they're (laughs) called. I don't really know. Perks of living on a military base. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get into this. (laughs) So we're going to kind of go into the background of Ken and Barbie, a.k.a. Paul Bernardo, Mm -hmm. and we're going to start with him. So Paul was born on August 27th, 1964 in Ontario, Ontario, God, we're we're starting off strong. (laughs) Coming out the gate hot. Okay, Paul was born on August 27th in 1964 in Ontario. That's not how you say it. Ontario. 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 I mean, that could also be wrong, but as Americans, that's how we say it. Yeah. He was the son to Marilyn and Kenneth. So he was born into a well-to-do family, but Kenneth's dad growing up was abused by his dad. Mm Mm-hmm. And instead of going into the family business, he became an accountant. So Marilyn grew up in a wealthy family, but her parents disapproved of her prior boyfriend. So that is when she married Kenneth in 1960. 
-hmm. Kenneth immediately pretty much becomes abusive towards Marilyn and they end up having a son and a daughter. Soon after having her son and daughter, Marilyn ended up having an affair and gave birth to Paul. Mm -hmm. So Kenneth tolerated her affair and having Paul and Kenneth is actually listed as uh, his father on Paul's birth certificate. So he, I, for whatever reason, he Which, was accepting well, it. Like so, not accepting, but like he like I read a book about it. them and I can't remember the name of it, but I'll, I'll find it and I'll also link to it. There's speculation that some of it has to do with like his his father or his, I guess, uh, stepfather. That's what it would be in that instance. His stepfather um, was an incredibly abusive man. Mm-hmm. And there's speculation that he tolerated the abuse because it allowed him like more control over his mother. Right. Like Mm -hmm. like she came back to him and he was like, oh, I forgive you. And then like that was just one more thing that he could hold over her head and abuse her with the rest of her life. But that's, again, just speculation. Okay, gotcha. So in 1975, Kenneth was charged with child molestation after he fondled a young girl and Kenneth was also sexually abusing his own daughter. So great, great guy right there. Comes from great, great parenting. Like, yeah, I mean, it's almost uh, like I'm not giving Paul an out like he's a horrible human being, but it's almost like he didn't stand a chance. Yeah, this is and this is one thing we have to constantly remind ourselves as true crime absorbers is lots of people get abused and don't turn around and do the horrible things that Paul does. However, he was a victim of intense abuse. And we know that that fucks people up. So So Marilyn becomes super depressed and she removes herself from the family and she lives in the family home's basement. And the abuse and everything didn't seem to have, like, a super huge effect on Paul as a child. In the book Lethal Marriage by Nick Prawn, he describes Paul as, quote, he was always happy, a young boy who smiled a lot. And he was so cute with his dimpled good looks and sweet smile that many of the mothers just wanted to pinch him on the cheek whenever they saw him. He was the perfect child they all wanted, polite, well-mannered, doing well in school, so sweet in his Boy Scout uniform. Yeah, he probably was because he was terrified that if he fucked up, he was going to get fucked over by his dad. Yeah, seriously. Um, When he was 16, his mother let him know the truth about who his father really was. And after that, he would openly call his mom a slob, whore. So, like, he just immediately, this poor woman. He just absorbed what his stepfather was giving him and just retaliated and gave it back. This poor woman. I just like, I hope she has some peace. Like she's, she's probably, I mean, and I'm not trying to say this like flippantly, but she's probably truly just dead from old age at the very least. Oh yeah. 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 At this point. But I'm just like, if she, like she has some peace, like, yes, yes. So Paul attends the university of Toronto And at that point, he's already having dark sexual thoughts, and he enjoyed humiliating women in public. Mm -hmm. So that's a little background on Paul. Now we're going to jump into Barbie. Wait, didn't he, like, didn't he, like, try and sexually assault, like, numerous women when he was in college? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many. So I got a lot. I didn't watch, like, documentaries and listen to podcasts because there's just so much out there. There's so, so much. much on them, yeah. So much. Um, 
but I got a lot from Wikipedia and Vertipedia. Yeah, and they I'm did, pretty and sure I that didn't he... want to just like take all, like literally just take all the information. But yeah, like there's a lot of um, victims that they're not sh- like, uh, like haven't come forward or they're yeah, not 100% yeah. sure, but exactly. they think he might have been involved. So yeah, exactly. I yeah, mean, yeah. he is just like, he, he, he was troubled. I guess the, the point that I want to point out here is like this wasn't a late onset thing. No. This was truly absorbing the abuse that he witnessed, which sucks. Don't get me wrong. Like it sucks. It wasn't fair. And internalizing it and replicating it. Yeah. Continuously as a pattern throughout his life. Yep. Okay. Sorry. So, I hate these people. Did you? Could you tell? I hate these no, people. No, <laughs> I couldn't tell. I thought you wanted to invite them to your vow renewal or something. <laughs> no, um, no, no. <laughs> So Barbie, a.k.a. Carla. Carla Leanne Holmack was born May 4th, 1970, and she was the eldest daughter to Carol and Dorothy. Yeah, Carol and Dorothy Holmack. She had two younger sisters. Carol is the father. Yeah. (laughs) She had two younger sisters, Lori, born in 1971, and Tammy, born in 1975. She loved animals, and she began to work part-time at a pet shop while attending Sarah Winston Churchill Secondary School. After graduation in 1988, she began working at Thoroid Veterinarian Clinic, where, and she then later started to work at Martindale Animal Clinic. On October 17, 1987, Carl met Paul at the restaurant in Scarborough, Scarborough, where they both Scarborough, yeah, yeah, where they both were attending a pet convention. She was 17, and he was 23. So Which, this, like, right off the bat, that, is a, like, I mean, it's no. weird. And I would never let it's my 17-year-old daughter date a 23-year-old. I don't give a... F- no, like, it's weird. you could not yeah. do it. But it's anyway, predatory. It's predatory. It's very predatory. Yeah. On December 24th, Paul proposes to Carla. So the age of, like, majority, so, like, the it, it it's the same here, like, adult in Ontario is 18. And at mm-hmm. the age... Of consent at the time was 14. So, yeah. Which, like, I don't understand how, like, you shouldn't. That's a whole different podcast. It's probably, it's probably, and, and, you know, like, it's probably, there's probably nuance to the law because, like, in North Carolina, for example, like, your age, the age of consent for if you're consenting to somebody else who is under 18 is 16. So, like, you can consent to another 16- or 17-year-old, but you cannot consent to a 23-year-old. Yeah. So, probably, my guess is some in Canada, it's probably sort of similar. There's probably some nuance there that, like, neither of us are trying to get into right now. No. But regardless. No. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So, Carla, I mean, she, she grew up very having a very normal, healthy life. Like, it wasn't like mm-hmm. she came from this broken home and she was – looking for like anyone for that that attention it's just like she literally and I do want to say that like I again she is old enough to make her own decisions and what she did is horrible I'm not saying that but I do want to preference that she was also a victim of Paul she was physically abused by him oh yeah yeah she and was I think uh, that like, wait till we get groomed. to the story about the the flashlight yeah um so like and I believe he, like, saw an opportunity to where he could groom her, and he ran with it. 
I don't disagree with you, but I do also think that she had a penchant for abuse. Yeah, I mean, I think you on would, top of it. And I also think like you would have to like have some like deep down. You got to like, be fucked up somehow, somehow to do what she did. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be something inside of her because like there's no way like I would have been like, OK, this is too much. You're done. The moment. Well, the moment a guy ever hit me, I'd be like, fuck you. You're out. Like, but done. then again, wait till we get to the story about the sister. Yes. That would be any normal person's person. opportunity to say, no, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Not my fucking sister. So besides Paul being known for these murders, the Ken and Barbie murders, he is also known as the Scarborough race rapist. Mm-hmm. So Paul starts to commit multiple sexual assaults and Carla is actually kind of encouraging his behavior. And like, she's not like, these are red flags and she's not seeing them. Um, or she prefers, I don't know. I think she is. And I think that there's a part of her that likes it. I do. I genuinely think that that's the case about her, but maybe not. I I think that she saw it and I think she got into it. Because she's a sick fuck. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to say anything too crazy because she's like for people she's that out don't there. know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to ruin the ending, but like uh, I'm not trying to get sued. So <laughs> come for me, bitch. Come for me. Joe's ready for you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and leave my name out of that lawsuit. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can take our penny. Yeah, yeah. You can take you can take our yeah, have fun with it. Um so he would stalk young women as they would get off the bus at night. And the first attack occurred on May 4th, 1987. After following a young woman home, Paul attacks and rapes a 21-year-old in front of her parents' house. The attack lasted more than half an hour. On May 14th, 1987, Paul attacks another young woman who was only 19 years old in her parents' backyard. The attack lasted more than an hour, so they're escalating. I want you guys to hear that. She was being sexually assaulted for over an hour. In her parents' backyard. In her, like, parents' backyard. In her home. Yeah. Okay. So July 27th, Paul attempts to rape a young woman, and even though he beat her, she fought back, causing him to stop. Mm-hmm. And then he takes off a long, well, at least from what we know of, again, I'm sure there's victims of Paul out there that never reported or mm-hmm. didn't realize. But then December 16th, Paul rapes a 15-year-old, and the next day, the Toronto police issue a warning to women traveling alone and taking the bus. And didn't he wear, like, a mask when he was doing the rapes? Uh, yeah, like, people couldn't really... It was hard to identify him. Um, and on Murderpedia, they do list, like, all the attacks. And I didn't include all of them. I kind of got... Like, there's a lot. I it started to yeah, include ones that had, like, a little bit more information to them. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. like I said, there's a lot. He he constantly was, like, attempting to attack women. Like, if yeah, he... Knew, like, if, if there was an opportunity, he took it. Mm-hmm. So now December 16th, the police or December 17th, the police finally issue a warning to women traveling alone and taking the bus. December 23rd, he attacks a 17 year old girl and he uses the knife that he would threaten the woman with to rape her. Mm -hmm. At this point, 
He Again, no. I just want to make sure you guys caught that. He raped her with a knife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Known as a Scarborough, Scarborough rapist. Why can't I say this? Scar- That's a hard word. Scarborough. What? <laughs> what a name. Um, <laughs> Not much better than Yazoo. <laughs> yeah. At least I could say Yazoo, though. This one is, this is like rocks in the mouth. Um, so Paul continues to rape young women and on May 25th, 1988, a police officer almost catches him. He notices him hiding under a tree near a bus station and they chase him on foot. But of course he like escapes. And there's a lot of like police mishandling of this case and they could have caught him a lot earlier and just. And wasn't also part of it, the county he was there were like two counties like because eventually they're going to move to another county Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so they they didn't put together that they were the same people for like a while longer to put together but it was also like they should no i agree i agree there was some shit they should have caught i agree yeah so five days later on may 30th he committed another rape on an 18 year old girl but this time, it was 25 miles from Scarborough and Clarkson. Got that one right. Hmm. On October 4th, 1988, the victim fought off Paul, but he did inflict two stab wounds to her thigh and butt, and she required 12 stitches. In November, he commits his seventh rape again, and on November 17th, the police formed a special task force to catch him. So it's like almost a year later that they decide, oh, okay, yeah. I guess we need to... Maybe we should do something about this. Mm -hmm. Well, again, Chelsea, you know, in the 80s, they didn't care about women. Oh, really? Yeah. That's still happening, too, right? Um, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Especially with sexual assaults. Do you know what sexual assault, like, pisses me off the most? Which one? Like, they all piss me off. But the one that, like, really won't like, if I saw him on the side of the road... And he was on fire. I would just keep driving. Um, Brock Turner. Oh yeah, fuck that bitch. Yeah, fuck that bitch. That girl is like a freaking superhero. Sh- superhero, and I hope she is living her best fucking life. And hell yeah, yeah, he is. That one like infuriates me. It's a freaking idiot. I hate him. Anyways. Also, remember the girl who uh, was uh, murdered in Aruba? Remember her? Natalie Holloway? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That piece of shit, too. Whatever yeah, that guy's name went, is, that piece of shit. Uh, I, it's like, it's a weird name. And then he went ahead and uh, killed another girl. Yeah, and yeah. his dad is a diplomat and so mm-hmm. funds his murders, basically. Yep. Okay, again, for anyone that wants to sue, <laughs> is that a legit fact? Comfort. I mean, I the, his dad is a diplomat, and yeah, his dad does he, have tons of money, and his dad has flown many of the places. Like, I, you're really close to when he's murdered people. I know, but okay. Again, don't come for Chelsea. Come for me. Yes, thank you. That's all I need to say. <laughs> I'm the one that's trying to be like a little PC, like trying to like let's see if we can actually do something with this podcast. Joe is like, we're gonna set this shit on fire, and we're gonna see what happens. <laughs> Have you known me to be any other way, Chelsea? Jesus. 
anyways, we're going to keep on trucking along with these attacks. Okay. So Paul continues to rape, and on August 15, 1989, he raped his eighth victim, a 22-year-old who he stalked from the previous night from outside the window of her apartment. He waited for two hours, and the violent the violent attack lasted for two hours. Ah! On May 26, 1990, Paul attacked his 11th victim, and the 19-year-old was able to put together a detailed description of Paul. And the police were finally able to release uh, the composite to the public. Yeah, okay. In 1990, police had submitted more than 130 suspect samples for DNA testing, but they ended up receiving two tips that the person they are looking for is Paul. So this is where it gets to the point where, like, this could have been stopped before people got murdered. Um, Yep. In June, a bank employee – where did I go? In June, a bank employee employee (laughs) called in the tip, and then another tip came from Tina Samirans. Oh, not this time. Okay who was married to one of the Sumerian's brothers who were close friends to Paul. So the po- police actually interviewed Paul on November 20th, 1990, and it lasts 35 minutes. He did give Oof. samples for testing, and he did admit that he looked like the composite. So his friend Alex Sumerians did speak to police about Paul being the rapist, but they thought he was awkward and spoke strangely. So the police ended up concluding <laughs> that such a well-educated, well-adjusted, congenital young man couldn't be responsible for the vicious crimes. And it's quoted that they say he was far more credible than Alex Samirs, who, with his awkward, strange way of speaking, might just be trying to collect the reward. If that ain't some white privilege right there. So I was reading on like, like, on one of the sites, I think it was like Murderpedia, that like Paul gets released and then he like drives and he goes to Paula, um, not Paula, Jesus, Carla. And uh, it's like trying to like reassure her that he wasn't the rapist. Yep. So, okay. So now we get into the murders. We're going to talk about the sister, right? No. Yes, we're going to talk about the sister. Okay, good. So this is the Ken and Barbie victims. Um, so Carla had become friends with their first victim, identified as Jane Doe, due to her age at the time of the crimes. Because she was so little. Again, I would like to make sure all of y'all hear that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was no age limit for them. Like, again, whomever nope. they could get their hands on. Mm-hmm. Carla, two years before, was working at a pet store, and that is how she knew the 15-year-old victim. On June 7, 1991, Carla invited the girl for a girls' night out. So, essentially, Carla was like, hey, Jane Doe, let's go out. It's going to be a night of drinking, some shopping. Like, we're going to have fun. It's going to be a great time. And um, Carla ends up taking her back to 57 Bayview Avenue and started to give the girl alcohol Laced with halicine, halicino, H-A-L-C-I-O-N, halicin. Halicin? Yeah. What is halicin? It is a drug that she was stealing from the veterinary <laughs> clinic that she was working at. It's like a sedate, sedate, like sedation type thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a sedative. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's a, it's a, a from a, a, the marijuana plant. Okay. Yeah. Well, she and like Carla was also stealing all the drugs and stuff from the vet clinic that she worked at the time. Yeah. So, um, Jane Doe loses consciousness, and Carla presented the girl to Paul as a gift for their wedding. Literally, like this drugged little girl. She was like, here is your gift because now we're getting married. Yeah. The girl was a virgin, (coughs) of course, and they began to undress her. And Paul videotapes Carla raping the girl before Paul rapes her vaginally and anally. Sick. Disgusting. So the next morning, the girl wakes up unaware that anything happened and thought the nausea and vomiting was due to her drinking for the first time. Oh, poor baby. They invite her back again in August, and they pretty much do it again. They drug her. And this time, though, while Paul was raping her, she stopped breathing. Carla calls 911, but called back a few minutes later to tell them everything was fine. The police never followed up on the call. Police air number two. And like, this is the 90s, so maybe things were different back then. But I do think like now, I don't know if they still. I mean, it would depend on where you lived, on what race you were, on like how much money you had. Like it all depends. Like people don't care about women getting assaulted. I know. Um, so the last time Jane Doe ever hung out with them was on December 22nd, 1992, when Carla started to pressure her to have sex with Paul and she refuses and she leaves. So that was probably their saved her damn life. Victim. Yes. Seriously. Um, this God poor girl. Damn. And then like to go probably years without realizing that you had been raped until the, the, they were arrested. Yeah. Until the trial. Like, until they were caught. Yeah. You probably had no idea. You know that she would have, like, and again, just speaking as a woman, when she woke up, she might not have realized what had happened. And because she was a virgin and had never been intimate with someone before, she probably, she probably felt things. Yeah. She probably probably, felt pain. She probably did. But she she probably didn't know what it was from. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Again, I hate these people. Yeah, they're the fucking worst. Um, so during this time, Paul is hanging out a lot with Carla's family. And they all really like him. Yep, everyone. Everyone loves him. They think he's the best. But he, except for his fucking creepy blue eyes. But I think he's creepy. Yeah, he's I agree. I can't. Um, he doesn't tell the family that he lost his job as an accountant and instead was smuggling cigarettes across the Canadian and U.S. border. Which, like, that's a thing. Maybe in the 90s. Like, I... Are cigarettes hella expensive in Canada, maybe? Because, you know, in New York, they're, like, 15 bucks a pop. Well, I mean, cigarettes are gross, so... I mean, they are. I agree. But, I mean, I still smoke them. I know. Don't smoke, kids. Don't do it. Goddamn, don't do it. Yeah, I don't. Um, God. So during this time, he actually becomes obsessed with Carla's younger sister, Tammy. He would peep. So in what her... does she do, Chelsea? 
So instead of being like, okay, this is fucking creepy. We're done. Something's not right. All my intuition is telling me, yo, bitch, you need to run away from the situation. (laughs) She decides that because he was peeping in her windows and while Tammy was sleeping, he would sneak in and masturbate in her room. Carla Mm. would help him. And she would help him by breaking blinds in her window so that he could see better. And in July of 1990, Paul took Tammy over the border, got her drunk, and told Carla that they got drunk and began making out. Which, like, to me, first off, he admitted to cheating on you with your sister. Second off, I wonder, like, how true that story is. He probably, like, drugged her and then did stuff to her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she probably wasn't consenting. Although, I don't know. I mean, he does, he really does get uh, some sort of pleasure from humiliating women. So I could see him trying to manipulate the situation to to cause her and t- uh, Carla shame. Mm-hmm. And I bet he probably got off to watching him fight. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder how, like, if that really did happen or if he's just saying it happened just to fuck with uh, could Carla. Be. Could and be. then I wonder if Carla at this point is like, well, fuck you, Tammy. I'm pissed. And so that's Instead why she does what like, she does. I'm just I'm just wondering. I'm not. No, saying... that's a good that's a good perspective where yeah. maybe she was so angry. And that's why because we haven't gotten the worst of it. You think that mm-hmm. we've gotten to the worst of it. We haven't gotten to the worst of it yet. So yeah. maybe Whereas, that's why like, she felt justified. Would have been like, fuck you, Paul. And also women out there is a guy. If you're dating a guy and he cheats on you with another woman. I don't care if the woman knows. You don't blame just the woman. You blame the guy. Also, yeah. A, like, I mean, fuck her if she knew. Mm-hmm. So, and like, just be done with her. But she, like didn't, she didn't do anything know. wrong. Like, she didn't yeah. do anything to you. A, you know who did something to you? Your fucking man. Yeah. He did something to so you. So, can we stop fuck blaming him. women? But, okay. Amen, girl. Amen. So, back to Paul. So, on July 24th, 1990... Carl drugs her sister Tammy by lacing spaghetti sauce with crushed Valium that she stole from the animal clinic she worked at. Her sister Mm. soon lost consciousness, and Paul began to rape her while Carla watched. Wait, but why did Carla do that? Watch? I don't know. Did they tell you? Oh, in the book it says it was um, a gift for him, like a birthday gift. What was this birthday one? It didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah. I have the Christmas gift one. Yeah, no, apparently this was another sick situation, which, again, was established by their marriage. This is what she likes to do. She likes to give him women he wants to assault for his presence. You know what I also wonder? Like, he obviously abused Carla, 100%. We all know this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you read that book because I was just getting – like, a lot of the information I saw was from, like, Murderpedia. And like I said, there's so many podcasts and so many, like, documentaries. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm going to try to not watch a pod, like, watch a documentary. I'm going to try to do this, like, on my own. Cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I – but there's so much information out there, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering that because he was abusing her and he was probably abusing her sexually, mentally, physically, mm-hmm. if when she gave these gifts – these women as gifts quote unquote to him maybe it took some pressure off of her maybe like it was like it could satisfy him for a while to where she wouldn't be attacking her 
Do you know Listen, what I'm saying? I'm really annoyed that you're making me think about why I might feel sorry for this woman. I'm just saying. These are just things that, like, it's I a just valid wonder. Point. I just wonder. It's like, a valid point. I'm not saying she's innocent and she deserves what she got. And, like, I'm not happy. We'll get more into it, what happened to her. But, like, and I'm not mm. happy with that situation. Um, I'm just saying I'm wondering if... Like in some weird, sick, twisted Sweat. way, and this this was like helping her out because she mm-hmm. wasn't dealing with the abuse as like intently when he had other women. Yeah. It's a valid point. It's and a valid point. To be fair, it could be just because she's fucking sick. So like. And I think that she's fucking sick. That's your sister. I, I, Joe, I Chelsea, know. Chelsea, you have a sister. <laughs> I would first off. I only have don't. brothers, so I don't really know. But like, if someone ever said anything about that to my brother, I would be like, "I will murder you. Mm-hmm. We will create a cr- true crime story right here and right now." Yeah. So <laughs> on December twenty third, nineteen ninety, six months before their wedding, Carla wanted to give Paul a Christmas gift. N- oh, crack it open, girl! Now. Yep. You're going to need it. Now, Paul was upset and disappointed that he hadn't taken Carla's virginity. Yeah, he, in the book, he went on and on and on about this apparently for a very long time about how he was so sad that he wasn't the one who took her virginity. This is why I'm wondering, like, when Paul began to rape uh, Tammy in July, I wonder if it was, like, anal and not vaginal. Because she gifted him at Christmas as, like, her as a virgin. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't really go into detail about that. You might that. be right. I don't remember specifically. Okay, so then maybe what I'm thinking of was the Christmas gift, not the birthday gift, because But no, yes, see, it was... on Murderpedia, it says that on July 24th, and then in Christmas. That's what I'm saying. July comes maybe before he, Christmas. Yeah. So, or wait, maybe... Does it? Who, who, yeah, it does. Um... <laughs> I mean, who knows? Like, that's not. I should have read this book to refresh myself. But I'm just wondering if, like, he. He was assaulting her in other ways. Like, other ways. Yeah. 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 Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so he's like pissed off that he didn't get, um, Carla's virginity. Like, disgusting. So she decides to give Tammy's virginity instead to Paul. So, so she steals some. Halothane, I don't know, some drug, and they began to um, give her sister sleeping pills and a rum and eggnog cocktail. (coughs) And what is also like super sick about this before we get into it is there's a picture of them, the three, well, there's multiple pictures of them hanging together because this was Christmas with her family who again loved him and thought he was this great guy moments before they did this to her did this to the sister yeah Mm -hmm. there's like actual like family photos of them together and i can't imagine the pain that those parents carla's parents feel because they lost two daughters yep um so tammy goes unconscious and they begin to undress her and carla holds a rag soaked with a halo thing halothon i don't know how you say it under her nose and mouth so, like, and that to me is, like, girl, you went hardcore. Like, you could have just given mm-hmm. her the sleeping pills with the freaking, like, got her drunk, and she would have probably not woken up. That's what I'm saying. This is, these are, and when we go into some of the other cases, you're going to find out, like, she 
she actively made choices that seemed to indicate that she was also into the sadism of these acts, yeah. just like Paul. Yeah. So they begin to film themselves raping Tammy. And at some point, Tammy starts to vomit. And the pair try to revive her, and they call 911. But before they call 911, they clean up the basement, did laundry, and moved Tammy back to her bedroom. So, like, Tammy could have survived if yep. they had just called 911 probably right away. Tammy, They was- couldn't do that then, Chelsea. They would have gotten caught. Okay. 911? It's not like 911. What's your emergency? Oh, I need someone, to, an ambulance to get here. Cool. Um, it takes like, I think, an, I mean, I don't know about Canada, but I know here it takes like, the average is like 15 minutes or something like that. I know. I know. I'm not defending them. So <laughs> you got some time, girl. You got Tell a minute. Us. And also they're not going to come in and immediately search the house. But she didn't care. She yeah. didn't care. It's called, and also you can multitask. Someone uh, yeah, girl. takes a shower while you fucking... You know, whatever. What? I don't know. Okay. Anyways, I'm not. I don't know. There's ten thousand ways that this could have ended in not not Tammy passing. Yeah. So Tammy was pronounced dead at Saint Catherine's General Hospital later that night. So there's chemical burns on Tammy's face. Mm Mm-hmm. But her parents and the police believe the pair's story about what happened. And the ruling on Tammy's death was accidental accidental by choking on her own vomit after drinking. Which, like, Police to mistake me, number three. To me, and I should have looked more into, like, what they said. I can't remember exactly, like, what they said. But to me, if I was investigating a young girl that died and I saw chemical burns on her face. On her face, like, around her mouth and mouth nose, nose, which is exactly the like, place that you put chemicals. Right. Exactly. Like and also like her parents, I would have fought that. I'd be like something's not right. But then at the same time, like I don't think her parents could even comprehend that their daughter and the son-in-law that they're about to have, they absolutely love, uh-huh. was capable of this. So like again, white privilege on display. Yeah. On display. So the pair then decides to move out of her parents' house to let them deal with the grief of losing Tammy, and they move on to so a rented. So kind of them. I know. Okay, so bear with me. They rented a bungalow in Port Dahousie. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. I don't yeah. know. So the next victim is Leslie. Oh, this Maha. Sweet baby. How yeah. do you say her last name? M a h a f f y. Mahaffey. 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 Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So the next victim is Leslie Mahaffey, who was 14 years old and lived in Burlington, which is halfway between Toronto and St. Catharines. Again, I would like you all to hear, 14 years yeah. old. So on, July, on June 14th, 1991, Leslie had attended a funeral that night, and she ended up missing curfew and was locked outside of her house. And Ugh. she did try to get in, but she didn't want to wake up her parents. Which, like... Girl, this why situation do you not pissed, have a girl, key? Uh, I know. Uh, there's so many things that I have to say about this one situation because, A, why did her parents lock her out after curfew? I understand having a curfew, but you stay up by that mm-hmm. door and you give them shit when they walk in. You don't lock them out, A. B, give your kid a key. I know it's the 90s and you think everything is fine, but, like, always give your kid a key if they're going to be out. And, well, C, we'll get to shortly. 
yeah, it's just like, I know that like, if I had missed curfew, my mom and dad would be like ready to call 911. They'd be like, oh. And, and when you got home, would they not be waiting at the oh, door to rip dad, you a new asshole? My mom and dad would stay up. Even when I was like 21, I was going to the clubs and my dad was home. Yeah. He would yeah. be like up at 4, a, like at 3 a.m. until I got home. Yeah. He'd be in his little, in his chair watching History Channel with watching a glass his of weird bourbon, ass. Yeah. Snoring. <laughs> and I would walk in. He'd be like, okay, you're home. And he would go upstairs. And then he would go to bed. Exactly. Like you don't lock your no. children out of the house. And I, when it, the book went into it a little bit deeper, I know that she like had some quote unquote behavioral issues, but it's only like the context is that she would just go out and she would stay out past curfew. So her parents had just had enough. And I'm like, that is not the solution. The solution no. is not locking your not, child out. And we're not blaming the parents because. No, 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 no. It's just like, yeah, to me, it no. blows my mind. And then again, maybe, you know, like, I don't know what the crime rate was in Canada in the 90s. Like, I don't like in America, I think we were a little bit more like, oh, hell no, because we were just coming off all the serial mm-hmm. killers in the 70s and 80s. Valid. So I don't know. But. And we had a lot of the Amer- the Atlanta child killers was all through the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it was very different, I think. So No, and, and I don't I don't want to put blame on the parents. So yeah. just to clarify. So um they she, did what they thought was best, but don't yeah. lock your kids out. That's don't not the solution. It. Don't do it. She couldn't find anyone though to spend the night with, and on the early mor- morning of June 15th, 1991, Paul spots her. Paul was actually in the area to steal license plates, and he approached Leslie and told her that he was looking to break into a neighbor's house, which girl or fucking run. That's not somebody you'd yep. be hanging out with. Yep. She is unfazed by this. And she well, asks, and he was offering her cigarettes too. Well, she asks if he has any cigarettes. Oh, okay. He then leads her to his car, blindfolds her, and drives her to her to his house. So I'm sure he had like a knife or something like that. Like uh um, threatening her, yeah. Yeah. He tells Carla that they have a quote unquote playmate. They begin to call them. Yeah. They begin to sexually abuse and torture her while listening to David Bowie and Bob Bob Marley. All while videotaping themselves. Which like idiot like why do people videotape themselves? Like that's just because they're sick, disturbed fucks. But it's so dumb. Because like right there you're done. There's no you can't get out of that if you get caught. Also, you know the second that you call upon the name of Bob Marley, that man's going to be up in your business making sure that you're not doing some fucking bullshit shit. Yeah. He's okay. Not, he's not about that life. No, he is not. Um, okay. So, so Paul tells Leslie, quote, you're doing a good job, Leslie, a damn good job. He then tells her, the next two hours are going to determine what I do to you. Right now, you're scoring perfect. So during his trial, the court actually plays a part of the tape where you can hear Leslie crying, begging him, begging them to stop and that it hurts. And Paul was actually sodomizing her while her hands were bound with twine. At some Hate point him. during the attack, her blindfold started to slip, and this kind of sealed her fate since now the pair were worried was worried that she would be able to identify them. The next day, Paul claims Paul claims Carla gave her a lethal dose of halicine, but Carla claims that Paul strangled her. Hmm. 
but they dump her body in the basement and the pair decides the best way to to get rid of her, her body was to dismember her body and encase each part of it in a block of cement. Mm-hmm. You, you okay? This is where it gets gross. Well, I mean, I don't go too far into it. Paul goes to a, to buy a dozen bags of cement at the hardware store and he keeps the receipts, which ends up coming back in the trial. She's and not going to go far into it. I'm going to go far into it. He they then, like, they, oh, you go. Yeah. He then go. uses his grandfather's circular saw to cut her body up. And he kept saying one of the things in the book was that it kept jamming because of how much hair and tissue oh, was dis- in the saw. Yeah, I just would like to reiterate how disgusting these sorry excuses of humans are. They are vile and awful people. Oh, God. So in any ways, we're not going to hang on to that. Um, They dump nope, the blocks in Lake, Lake Gibson, about 18 kilometers <clears throat> south of their home. And I, sh- I was going to look up what that was in miles, but I didn't. I don't know. A ways. It's a ways. It's a ways. But on June 29th, 1991, one of the blocks was found by a father and a son fishing. And Leslie was actually able to be identified by her dental records. So this is the, at least the official last victim of uh, Paul and Carla. There are other victims that they believe, the police believe, but have not been able to confirm. Officially. There's three, right? Was this the girl who um, they beat her so bad her braces got stuck in her teeth? What the fuck? Okay. Obviously, I was very PG about my research. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I guess girls, so. <clears throat> so they had three. There yes, were three girls the that they one. had. Like, this is the third one that they held for three days. Yeah, there were three girls that they abducted. And I don't know if it's this one or if it was a different girl. But one of the girls, they beat her so badly that her she had braces. Because, again, she was so I think little. This is, this is her. And this her, is her her teeth got stuck in her. Or her gums got stuck in her braces. Oh. They beat her so bad. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now do you understand? She can fuck right off. No, I I get it. I get it. I'm not. I'm no, not I know. pro I know. her. I know. I'm not. I'm telling I you. <laughs> don't come after me (laughs) jeez settle down girl take a chug um so who joe is talking about is kristen french who is 15 years old and on april 16th 1992 paul and carla kidnapped her on her way back from school at holy cross secondary they were driving in st Catharines when they passed kristen who was in a hurry to get home which was only a few few blocks away to take care of her dog. When they spotted her, they pulled into Grace Lutheran Church, where Carla got out of the car with a map in hand. She pretended to need help, and as Kristen was looking at the map, Paul got behind her and forced her in the front seat of the car with a knife while Carla controlled her by pulling on her hair. So Kristen's parents knew something was up right away because it usually only took her about 15 minutes to get from school. Within 24 hours, the Niagara Regional Police were searching for her. And a few witnesses actually come forward who had actually seen the abduction, which like, if like, I don't know what it is about society, but if you see somebody getting fucking abducted, fucking 
Call 911. Jump in. Call 911 and eight. Jump in. Like, like jump in. Because a lot of times that will scare someone off, off enough. And I hate to say this, but like everyone videotapes shit. <clears throat> and it pisses me off nowadays because people just videotape and don't do things. But seriously, be like, hey, I'm video. I'm like, you're Facebook Live right I'm, now. Um, yeah. I'm calling 911. Just shout that. Like, yeah. you don't have to be close to them. Yeah, I see you. Like, shout out descriptions of them. Like, yeah. they're not going to come for two of you. And just be like, okay, it's on Facebook Live. Like, you're being watched by millions. And I get, like, just fucking do something. We need to start looking out for each other. Hey, like, why is that man, so? It just pisses me off. I hear you. I hear you. Yep. Okay. So, Kristen was kidnapped over Easter weekend. And for the next three days, Paul and Carla would videotape themselves raping, torturing, and sodomizing her. This time, though, she was never blindfolded. And it is believed that this was because the couple never had any intent on releasing her. But they kept telling her that they were going to, right? Again, like if she behaved. I did not go. There's so much information out there. And there's so much on Murderpedia. And there's one... Yeah part of it that went into a lot of detail and I just didn't No, I'm pretty sure that they kept telling her like if you behave we'll set you free and so she was trying like she she's was little. again she she's did, little she did try to do everything <clears throat> like um, that they told them to do. She yeah. did yeah. like he did like end up being like at one point was like I'm not gonna pee on you, I'm not gonna pee on you and then ends up like pissing on her face. Yeah. And then slapping her, and she took it. She just was like, if I, and it is like said, it's like, she was like, if I cooperate, they're going to let me go. So she was. Yeah. And like, he like slapped her in the face with like his semi-erected penis. And then he tried yep. to like shit on her, but he couldn't. Yep. So yep. it's very like, she was, she was so scared and she was just hoping that like, they would just do what they needed to do and then she would be go. She'd be free. Because, again, she's a baby. She's not an adult. No. Um, so at one point, he goes out to get dinner and is spotted by Carrie Partridge, who he had stalked about a month ago. And she actually had reported him to the police, but it was mishandled, and the police never went to his chat house to check on things. Because she had, like, a month ago, her and her friend had put in a report mm. about him stalking and then it like never got and then she like reported it when he saw her when she saw him but it was never given to like the correct department so they never oh so god. like they could have saved Kristen's life oh my god mm-hmm. god damn it so before going to Easter dinner the couple murders Kristen Carla testified that Paul had strangled Kristen for seven minutes while she watched Paul said that Carla beat her with a rubber mallet because Kristen tried to escape and then she ended up strangling her with a noose tied around her neck. Kristen's mm. naked body was found in a ditch on April 30th, 1992, 45 minutes from St. Catharines. She had been washed and her hair had been cut off. Carla testified that this was to try to hide her identity, which like, bitch, people don't get identified by their hair. She's stupid. She's stupid. I don't so, mind saying that either. We now, okay, so those were the three official murder victims of Carla and Paul. So Jennifer 
Galligan went to the police several times while she was dating Paul about his brutal rape, physical abuse of her, and threats to do bodily harm. And there were other things that tied Paul to the rapes that were going on at the time, like, so, like, now the police are investigating him. Let me retract, like, go back. So the police are starting to get in tips, right? And they're starting to investigate. Um, And his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, actually went to the police about him. And there's, during the Scarborough rapist time frame, there were things that actually tied Paul to the rapes that were going on at the time. Like the rapist and him both drove a a white Capri and he lived Mm -hmm. in the area where the rapes took place. But the police did nothing about the reports. Finally, in May 1990, they released his composite plus a reward. Even though he was no longer working at the accounting firm, remember a bank employee had called in a tip about the rapist? It was one Mm -hmm. of his former employees recognized him. Hmm. And the employer Hmm. reached out to the police about the similarities, but there were so many tips that they weren't able to follow up with it. After many tips about the rapist looking like Paul, Detective Steve Irwin went to his house and after speaking to him, took blood, saliva, and a hair sample. Turns out that out of the 230 samples, he was one of five samples that fit the blood factors, the blood factors. But the attacks stop around this time. And while Mm -hmm. his, and while his sample went back to retesting, they put the testing for the Scarborough rapist on hold. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So this is like all going on while they're committing uh, these murders. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so right now, like they could easily have gotten him and saved these young girls' lives, but oh, the 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 attack stops. So we don't need to worry about it anymore. So who cares anymore? It didn't escalate corner. into something more serious. He probably just decided he wanted to stop raping. So, after the murder started to happen, a police investigation was formed around the Niagara Falls area. They even had the FBI assist with the case. When Kristen was kidnapped, a witness had seen the abduction and thought the car was a Camaro. Hmm. So the task force starts to track down all the Camaros in the area. But tips are coming in, and Paul's name keeps coming up. So they decide to pay him another visit. And during this visit, he is super polite and nice and kind and, like, charming, everything. And during the interview, he even admits that he was a suspect in the Scarborough rapist case due to him looking so much like the rapist. Because it's him. Again, white privilege on display Mm -hmm. all over this piece. Mm -hmm. So the police know that this house, that his house is, like, clean, it's tidy, um... Yeah, because they just had to clean up after a murder. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) He's clean cut and he's good looking and intelligent. And oh, he has a Nissan, not a Camaro. Mm -hmm. Which like, here's the thing though. Uh, anyways, I'm not even into that. Like, they look so similar, but they do. If you look at the two cars, like you just do. Google them. So this is just like a tiny little tangent. I was like followed by some weird creeper who was like later found out to be a rapist. When I called the police to let them know that I was being followed, I didn't know the type of car that it was. So what I did was I went online and I looked at like tons of cars that had similar like descriptions. And I gave the police like I was like, it could be like any number of these cars, but this is what it looked like. So, like, 
it's not it's not crazy to think that the police could potentially be like oh it's not this car but this car looks very similar to this type of car maybe they just got the name wrong because they're not car aficionados you know like so again police mistake number what is what are we on 17 yeah i don't fucking know i lost count so the police do end up contacting detective Irwin, who admits that the samples had never been retested and finally on february 1993 The lab gets around to testing it, and it comes back that he was indeed, shocker, the Scarborough Rapist. Surprise, surprise. So now they're kind of like surveilling him and watching him, and like they're surprised to find out that there's an assault charge on him. Because on January 6th, 1993, Carla is admitted to St. Catherine's General Hospital after Paul violently beat her with a flashlight. Which you can look up pictures and you can like see what she looks like. Like she got fucked up. She did. It was bad. She got fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you know, you know, when you see people who are all black all the way Mm -hmm. down here. Yeah. Like she got fucked up. She did. Um, Now the investigation on Paul has gotten pretty intense and they actually end up bringing in Carla and interviewing her for five hours. At this point, she starts to figure out that the police know about the connection with the Scarborough rapes and the murders. So due to Carla working at a vet, she actually took care of a dog who was sick that belonged to a really good lawyer, George Walker. So he quickly figures out that she's not as innocent as she's pretending to be. And they Mm -hmm. start to come up with like a plea deal for her. Well, because she when when they started talking to her, she was all like, oh, it's all Paul. I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. He beat me. He abused me. I never wanted to be a part of any of this. But we know, again, based off of evidence that she was an active participant in these assaults. Like she was not a bystander. She was not a victim. She was an active participant in these murders. Yes. So they end up working at the play jail where she's given 12 years sentence. Uh, in exchange for her to testify against Paul. So Mm -hmm. this is met with a lot of criticism. And a lot of people in Canada Canada was not happy about this. But because her first lawyer, (laughs) Ken Murray, actually had held evidence from the prosecution. He had videotapes that Paul made and had, had, oh my gosh, and he held on to them for 17 Mm -hmm. months. And the prosecution would have never agreed to the plea deal had they known. Yeah. So and essentially, she, like, like living her at his house knew, too. Yeah, her lawyers like knew about the videotapes, and they didn't. They made the plea deal before they told the prosecution about the videotapes, which is illegal. Just FYI, yeah. that is an illegal thing but for an attorney to do, to do. even in Canada. Which mm. I don't know what happened to so him. So no, he's later was. charged with obstruction and did a disciplinary. Okay, he was Gary. okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. So by mid-February, Paul had been arrested, and on February 19th, the police searched the home where they find, like, a shit ton of evidence. Because if you remember, remember when they were chopping up the bodies and he kept saying that the saw would get stuck on, like, hair and bone and stuff uh-huh. like that? There was so ma- – the, the scene was so bloody because of what when, what they did there. Like, they just weren't able to get rid of all the evidence. They were able to find, like, evidence of blood and stuff happening because it was just a messy, Ugh. bloody, disgusting scene. Yeah. So – Paul's trial for the murder of Kristen and Leslie. Oh, and also, like, he's technically never charged for Tam- for Tammy's murder. You know that, right? Mm. 
And Tammy's yeah, murder yeah, is still yeah, classified yeah, yeah. as an accidental thing, but it was an accidental. Yeah. Like, no, I don't know, know why they yeah. didn't change it. Maybe for the family. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So Paul's trial for the murder of Kristen and Leslie took place in 1995, and Canada put a media ban on the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that didn't stop us good old Americans to report on not. the trials due to the fact that the location of the trials were in nearby Toronto. So that's so like if you actually try to Google using like Canadian, you, I couldn't find much about like the trial and what happened during the trial. I'm sure like true investigative journalist could do it. Could find some not. stuff. <laughs> I got about a couple hours every night to do some research before I need to go to bed because <laughs> I get up at like 6 a.m. with my kid. So like yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for true groundbreaking investigation journalism, this is not the podcast not here, not for here. you. We're just here to tell you stories to yes. make you hate all of humanity. Yeah. That's great. So on September 1st, 1995, Paul was convicted of two first-degree murders and two aggravated sexual assaults and was sentenced to 25 years, which to Mm -hmm. me blows my mind. He didn't make it out. No, he doesn't make it out, but still it just blows my mind that like 25 years. Because they hate women, Chelsea. Nobody cares about women. Well, so, and if anyone is from Canada, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Yeah, Canada please tell has, us. Please tell us. I think they're a little bit more lenient about Because, listen, their... 4% of our listeners are from Canada, so we know y'all are out there. Can you just shoot us a message and let us know how the, the laws work? But I'm pretty because sure, it like, seems... it is very, um, it, like, we're pretty intense over here. Like it's more lenient. Yeah, they're a little bit more lenient. Is from what I from other podcasts I've listened to and other stories I've heard in crimes, it, they are a little bit. To, to me, this guy, like if Paul had done this in America, his ass would be on death row right now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Or he would be sentenced to or life, life without parole. Yeah. 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 Okay, so he maintains though that it was all Carla's idea to kill the girls and that he would have let them go. Which part of me does believe because all he did was rape before her. I don't know. But you got to remember. I mean, think about it. He is nothing. He's raping, 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 right? And then all of a sudden he starts dating Carla. Now they're in it together. And now they're killing people. What's the one thing that changed with his pattern of raping? It could, yeah, you're right. It could be her that did it. I don't care. Who, I don't care. Like I'm this, just saying these are like things to you, think about. No, no, oh. you're right. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And it could have been her uh, motivating him to try, like, whatever her sick fantasies mm-hmm. in this. Because whatever it is, she's obviously interested in being involved. I mm-hmm. don't buy the shtick that she's some sort of innocent victim. That like no, she she's claimed not she was in yeah. her t- like in her interviews and stuff. She claimed that she was a, a, like manipulated by him and all this. I don't buy that. I think that she somehow got rock got her rocks off in this in some way, and perhaps that was with the murders. Um, but like at the end of the day, which legally you're right. I guess legally it does matter. As far as what you're going to sentence them to. But socially, I don't give a fuck. They're both disturbed sick yeah, fucks both who stuck. should not be out on the street. <laughs> so while Paul, was, while Paul was in segregation unit at Kingston Penitentiary, and in 1996, while turning from the shower, he was punched in the face by another inmate. And, like, <laughs> people tried to actually, like, 
prisoners tried to storm his unit to get to him and riot police had to actually be involved if i was a police i'd be like oh i can't see uh, something happened i just had a sickle in my nose oh Uh, wait is that a spider web should we should we clean that corner what's going on i don't know again Um, don't fuck with kids just don't fuck with kids yeah So, in 2013, he was moved to Millhaven Institute, and in February 21st, 2006, Paul admitted to 10 more attacks. He was up for parole in 2018, and he was denied. And in it, he says, in his interview that he did, he said that he's a changed person, and then he got the psychiatric help that he needed, and he cries every day in prison. So, cry me a river, dude. You guys couldn't see it, but I was doing the fuck right off gesture. Yeah. I hope you cry every day in prison. I hope every single day that you are in prison for the rest of your life, you cry. Yeah. And I hope you sit in prison every single day with your tears. Yeah. That's what I hope. Okay. So anyway. I hate these people. I couldn't tell, Joe. I could not tell. (laughs) You fooled me. Listen. The um, book goes into so much detail and the stuff goes, that they did to these gotta, little you gotta girls. Figure out what the is book bad. is called. So Carla was released from prison on July fourth, two thousand and five, and moved. She moved to Quebec. She has changed her name multiple times, and she got married, and she has three children. She began working at her children's school, but was fired when people found out who she was. Again, I just want to make sure everyone hears the woman who served her sister up drugged on a platter for her sick murderous husband and then allowed assault on three other little girls now has three baby children mm-hmm. so that is the ken and barbie murders so the book was the it was the one that you referenced by peter um Vronsky. it's the the ken and barbie killers uh paul bernando carla homolka um, Crimes Canada, Volume Three. Okay, so it's a if quick you guys read. are more it's interested and want to like hear like the gore you don't want to hear. Y'all don't want to fucking hear. The reason I read this is because ahead. Chelsea, Chelsea, and I were thinking about doing a true crime podcast. We've been doing like we've been thinking and talking about this. I mean, it's it's like two years now yeah. that we've really been talking about it. And so when I first read this was because I was like, let me learn about like the ins and outs of these true crimes. And I read this book and like literally wanted to like vomit and cry at the end of it because it's yeah. so horrible what these people did. And I don't care who you are or what you say. They should just rot. They should both rot. They should. It's just it's just one of those things that I can't imagine what the families of the victims feel knowing oh that God. Carla is out and um, if you google her name it does come up with like the other names that she uses i also read that she like mm, people have gotten in trouble for releasing her private information so i'm not putting those names out there you guys can do your own research yeah you can find them and dox the shit out of her so i'm not advocating for that but you could it's just i just can't imagine the family that to me is what breaks no. my heart is the family can you to imagine know. Her, her family her family and i can't imagine the person that would marry her can you 
Like knowing and have and, children and I feel to sorry put children in such an environment mm-hmm. because they're yep. eventually going to know what she did, what she did and what she did on the surface. It doesn't sound as bad as when you know the details, but like, I mean, it's all bad. No, I take it back. I don't yeah. even want to say like, that. It's like, so it's all bad. Yeah, I it's all go bad. into the gory details of like, but what they did was gory. What they did was horrendous. What they did was horrible. And I just hope to God she's caught COVID and is going to die. That's what I hope. <laughs> God, God. That's going to be the insult in like 10 years. I hope you get COVID and die. I hope you can't catch COVID. <laughs> like these children that are being born like right now and then in the next like few months, like they're going to grow I up hope and be like, I hope you get COVID. Like that's what they're going to say. Yeah, well, I hope she gets COVID. I hope she got COVID. I hope she did, and it was horrible, and she couldn't breathe, and she was in ICU, and, like, people were sticking tubes down her throat, and she felt helpless and restrained, like every single one of those little girls that she tortured. Yeah, not a fan of her. Not a fan at all. She's canceled. Um, Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, Joe, on a more positive note, what's your (laughs) weekly win? <laughs> um, I think that my weekly win today is honestly, we got you a mic. I know, I'm so excited. I got to see it earlier. It's it's so exciting. Day. So I know, give us I like what six four months? No, like four more months. She's gonna be like mic'd up, ready to go. Um, yeah. So now I have to figure out where we're living. So that's that's a good time. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for it. It's gonna be great. I'm excited for it too, but you know the process is gonna be shit. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm so stressed. It's not even funny. I hate it. Girl, girl. Um, yeah. I feel you. What about you? What's your weekly win this week? Um, my weekly win is that I finally figured out how I'm gonna get my dog off this island. Oh yay! What'd you figure out? So we're gonna fly her through American. Okay. And then they fly directly to Dallas. And then my sister's going to drive like the 10 hours and pick her up. Ooh, God, yeah. you have a good sister. I know. I do. I'm ve- I would not serve her to Paul. That is for sure. No. Um, you did. would not. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister would oh. literally murder Yeah, him. she would. Straight up. Okay, Straight so up. my sister was... <laughs> <laughs> actually no she'd be proud of this my sister was it was super weird because no one messed with her and she was like a track star in high school and in college and stuff like that so she was like an athlete too mm-hmm. but she was also the girl that in the hallways if you like did anything she didn't like she'd like hiss at you like a cat <laughs> <laughs> sounds so much like your sister <laughs> I love your sister. I think she's great. I really love her sister. I do too. I'm not that nice, but it's very, like, thank God she was, and like, an athlete, because if not, she would have gotten very bullied. Well, now I understand why you tolerate me so well. (laughs) Did you hiss at people in the hallway? I didn't hiss at people, but come on. When we met in college, you were definitely in a different group than I was in. <laughs> we went to school with like 300 people. Like what I mean, we did. We did. But I mean, listen, it's just what makes us work. So anyways, it was, um, it's very different. So she, and she, uh, has a, 
a kennel in um, Kansas. So if anyone's out there that needs a kennel, hit us up and I will let you and, know what it is. And, and it's a yeah. good one. Mm-hmm. I'm like super sketched about taking my dogs to kennels because my dog got drugged once at one of those oh kennels God. and hers is not like that kind. Yeah. No, she, no hers she's, is she'll take care of your babies. She's, yeah. Oh my gosh. She likes animals over people. So I, well, ex- with the exception of her child. Yes. I would agree. And family. <laughs> uh, at that is out. So, all right, guys. Well, join us next week for a another episode. And it's not going to be as bad. This was a bad one. Yeah, these people are awful. They're awful. Um, okay, let me do all of our plugs. Um, if you have anything to say, come find us on Instagram at a thousand true crimes pod, and then you can also find us on Facebook, a thousand true crimes podcast discussion group. Um, if you have ideas about podcasts that you want us to co- to cover, if you want to hear us like go off about some <laughs> crazy people, let us know. Um, if you have comments or if you want to correct, or if you're from Canada and you want to talk to us about the legal system because we don't understand it, hop in there. We're in there. We'll hear what you have to say. Um, and give us a like, a follow, a subscribe. If you really like our podcast and you want to be our absolute favorite people on the planet, share us with somebody that you know. Um, and uh, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.